The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. The following is an encore segment of SEM Synergy. Avinash Kaushik is the author of Web Analytics, An Hour a Day, and the Analytics Evangelist for Google. I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that Avinash is someone who truly deserves the title of guru when it comes to analytics. Uh, You propose a pioneering concept for the future of Web Analytics called Web Analytics 2.0. Why is it time for a new process? I think it's because... For the most part, we actually limit our thinking significantly when we think about web analytics today because for most people, it's defined by the clickstream analysis tools that are available in the market. So Google Analytics. So for, for a lot of people, web analytics is Google Analytics. Or for a lot of people, web analytics is that counter. And the reality is that the data that you get on your website, so let's say when, I, when I'm trying to figure out what is, how do I measure success for BruceClay.com? Well, um, my default approach might be, let me just log into the Google Analytics account and figure out how I can give them insights. The reality is that's just a small part of the process of getting insights. So uh, a good example might be that I can know, I might be noticing a graph of visitors to BruceClay.com and I'm noticing it increasing 5% month after month after month. That's great. Right? I might celebrate, we might have champagne in the office and things like that. But if, if, how, what I'm not answering is, is the more important question. How is the ecosystem around Bruce Clay growing? And, and in that context, am I making great decisions? So, so here's a completely random example, right? So Bruce Clay has been growing 5% a month. But if I step back and log into Compete or Google Trends for Websites, I might notice that all of the other three main competitors of BruceClay.com are growing at 90% month over month. Suddenly, no champagne, you know, no soup for you. That's, and then I think what happens is most of the time we limit the view of the data we think it's important to make decisions. Another one could be that you might notice that um, bounce rates are going up on, um, you know, my blog, Occam's Razor, month after month after month. But, but, but I can struggle myself to try and guess why that's happening. Or I could say, you know what, I'm going to expand the definition of what it means to do data and do on-exit surveys. Or I might go to usertesting.com and run some, some usability there to try and ask my customers to tell me and bitch about what's wrong with my website. Now, that's another component of data. So the, the reason that it's, it's, it's time to sort of embrace this concept of Web Analytics 2.0 is that our core clickstream analysis tools are very limited in the view of data that they give, and if we truly want to understand um, what kinds of actions to take, we need to explore and use different kinds of data. Uh, the approaches when you start looking at secondary objectives? 
It's, it's very much. I think that um, the, the, core, the core idea behind this idea of having many secondary objectives was, was that we all tend to focus on the main purpose of the website. So I, I tend to call that, uh, you know, what your big conversion point is. So on BarackObama.com, it was to get donations. On BruceGlay.com, it's to get people to sign up for webinars or download white papers, right? On my blog, it's to sign up for RSS feeds. Of course, on Amazon and Zappos, it's that somebody places an order. And I think we tend to obsess perhaps a bit too much about the main purpose of the website. The average conversion rate in the United States for the top retailer is something around 2%. And, and, and so, so if you think about it, you, you spend your entire life, I spend my entire life, focusing on trying to think about what 2% of the outcomes are and only focus obsess about 2%. I think what's very important for people to do is figure out what is important about the other 98% of the people who never convert on your website, whether you're an e-commerce, non-profit, or for-profit website. Um, we should not simply focus on the 2%. Uh, we should figure out what are all of the other jobs that a website is trying to do and then figure out how we're, so measure, uh, how we're uh, doing in terms of all of those other successful criteria. So, for example, I met some executives from Nordstrom's yesterday in Seattle, and, and I said to them, you know, for Nordstrom's.com, I will measure absolutely what the big objective is, which is to get orders from people who come to our websites, right? That's, that's done deal. We're going to do that. But why don't we also measure what, how many people apply for a Nordstrom's credit card? How many people sign up uh, as leads for our email campaigns? How many people create wish lists on Nordstrom's.com? How many people, as a result of visiting our website, friend us on Twitter and Facebook? How many people do X, Y, Z? How many people sign up for personal shoppers in stores? How many people printed directions to our map? So you can see that Nordstrom's.com website is trying to do 10 different jobs for people who come to its website, and yet most of the success is simply measured by number of orders placed. I'm not saying that's not important. I'm saying if you don't measure these secondary objectives, you're not measuring the holistic success of your website, and that really is a crime against humanity because your website is doing so many successful things for you. If you're not measuring, if you're not quantifying value for your company, you, you're not able to tell your senior decision makers, look, Look, we made $20 million in revenue this month, but the reality is when we compute all of the other jobs that our website has done, that number actually is $45 million. And that's the reason that really strongly encourage people to measure both the macro conversions but also all the micro conversions because they help you get a really good appreciation for what you what outcome you're getting. So for example, if, if I hired BruceClay.com to give me great advice and do a lot of wonderful, fantastic SEO, and I measure, I, I, let's say I play, pay BruceClay.com uh, $1 million to do SEO, and I can see, wow, my revenue increased. As a result of that, I got $10 million ROI on SEO. Well, that's great, but that's only one part of it, right? If I do all the micro-conversions, I might go, my, it might turn out that BruceClay.com did not just get me $10 million, they actually got me $15 million of incremental revenue, in which case I should probably pay BruceClay.com even more than I already did. I think by now we're all recognizing that there's definitely a, a reoccurring theme here. It's about, you know, um, 
how are your customers feeling when they're on your site? And Avinash recently wrote a post on Occam's Razor, his blog, about um, a sweet spot for improving pages with low conversions or high bounce rates. And that's, you know, an old classic uh, problem that <laughs> we've used analytics to try to resolve for a long time. Um, but, uh you know, really trying to get down to the customer intent seems to be the key there. So how can we glean insight about that? Yeah, no, that's, a, that's an excellent question. I think a lot of people say, look, I created this website and I have this wonderful web page and it's really God's gift to humanity. And, and how come everybody bounces? Like, why do people like, don't, you know, why don't people love me? And the, and the reality is that oftentimes we have a certain, as, as owners of websites and, and creators of these web pages, we have a certain purpose that we want those pages to accomplish. We want those pages to get us conversions or sign-ups or whatever. But the reality is that we don't often take into consideration why people might be coming to the web page or why people might come to the website. And, and that's what I call customer intended and through sort of showing three different pictures, I, I sort of outlined that. Um, if, if, if your web page does not meet customer intent, people will leave instantly because on average, people give two and a half seconds to a web page before they decide to leave. That's not a lot of time for you to connect with somebody who came to your website. And uh, is this good, you know, that all of us on the web have ADD? Well, it's not, but it's something you definitely have to deal with. So some of the ideas that I shared in my post were um, that trying to understand intent by, for example, uh, looking at all the keywords that drove traffic to that particular page. Um, any web analytics tool that you use, you know, Yahoo Analytics or Google Analytics or any tool will tell you, here are the 10, 20, 30 keywords that drove people to this particular page. So look at those keywords and say, hey, do those keywords, are, are they telling me what people might be looking for, and do I actually have that stuff on this page? So, so you know, funny example is, you know, if, if I come to the website with all these keywords related to iPods and, and you're selling underwear, there, there might be a problem, right? It, it might not have Just gotten a optimized a certain different way. Or, or, or you, I gave this funny example that I actually searched for vegetarian shoes, and, and the first link to, I clicked on the first link that came up on paid search. Paid search. So somebody advertised for vegetarian shoes, and they did a paid search and I clicked through it, landed on a page about swimsuits. I'm like, you just paid me to puke on you and leave right away, right? <laughs> so, so look at the keywords. Now, the keyword would have told the person who, who owned the, word, uh, the page on swimsuits that, hey, people are coming to this page on vegetarian shoes, and it's not a great idea. So keywords are a great way to, think, to, to find out what might be wrong. The other one might be to look at the calls to action on pages, right? So, so what's the purpose of the page, and what's the big call to action? And I sort of gave three or four different examples from, from Fry's Electronics, HP, Dell, Xerox, to show how HP and Dell were doing a very bad job of having good call it calls to action versus Xerox, who, who did a magnificent job of doing that. And maybe I'll, I'll give you one last example, which is, which is to do, uh, use the power of testing and experimentation to, to create pages that align with customer intent. So there are three screenshots in the post about a, a online game called Warrior Epic. And, and how they took a page that was really long, and it was still clean and sexy and chic, right, the, the original page, but it had these sort of four calls to action. Uh, you know, visit the site, download Play Now, sign up for an account, and send to a friend. And through the power of, they did testing experimentation using the Google uh, website optimizer. So it's a free tool that anybody can use. Um, and, and what they did is they took three iterations of the page, and the page that they thought would never win, 
prospect would never connect with customers actually had the higher, highest conversions, and it had the lowest bounce rates. In fact, they reduced the page by almost uh, 70% of the content was gone, and they only had one call to action, join now for free. And you can see the screenshots, and you'll see how by, by using the power of testing, they were able to be proven wrong, and yet the customers got what they wanted. So those were some of the ideas that I had shared where you can take, um, take your web pages, align them with customer intent, and then improve conversions in ROI. Some amazing resources for analytics and online marketing. Thank you so much, Avinash, for coming on the show. Thank you, Virginia. It's time for a quick break. SEM Synergy will be right back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call. Before you painstakingly create another label or drag yourself to the post office, set a course to ShipStation, your key to e-commerce shipping nirvana. Save time by easily importing orders from wherever you sell, like Amazon, eBay, and over 40 others. Save money with discounted USPS rates and a free USPS account. Automate manual tasks through bulk label and invoice printing, custom shipping rules, and much more. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on WebmasterRadio.fm. The following is an encore segment of SEM Synergy. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. This is Virginia, and I'm joined by Brian Eisenberg, a marketing optimization expert, perhaps best known for your expertise in conversion optimization. Thanks for coming on the show again, Brian. Oh, it's my pleasure. 
last time you were our guest, it was January of 2010, and uh, at the time you shared an observation that mainstream recognition of conversion optimization was finally kind of hitting its stride. And in fact, you proposed it could be the year of conversion rate optimization. And now that we're here a year and a half later, it's clear that there's a lot more uh, understanding that conversion optimization is a very important part of the uh, the process for marketing and uh, uh, any goals of a, a website. Yeah, no, I I would definitely agree. You know, it's 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 amazing that it's been that long. I mean, I think it you know in in internet years, I think that's like you know, uh, twenty decades. I mean, <laughs> really, it's uh, uh, so much has has happened in the last couple of years, and I certainly agree that people have definitely become much more aware of the issues. They're monitoring their conversion rates. They realize it's much more important. Um, I still see a lot of the. Um, the discipline that's necessary to, to focus on conversion rates lacking. Um, and, and in this economy and where the world is going, uh, I think people should pay more attention to it. And I'll, hopefully as we go through the uh, interview a little bit more, I'll explain to you why I think it's so much more critical today than ever before. Hmm, okay. Well, I guess my first question was about your trinity, but if that doesn't hit on what you're talking about right now i would like to hear more about it okay well it, it, it's it's not but but I'll, I'll let me let me put it in this perspective for you the, the concept used to be in marketing years ago that you know you always have to keep a close eye on your competitors to see what they were doing so you can you, you can keep pace with them correct mm-hmm. what i tell marketers today is that you no longer have to worry about your competitors your challenge is keeping up with your customers and if you just think literally how much changes for customers mm-hmm. forget about in a year to year think about week to week you know mm-hmm. two weeks ago we weren't talking about google plus where google sure. plus is going and it's like it's constantly changing and what happens is uh, as marketers we can't just do the traditional stuff it's changing what's working is changing all the time yes there are some fundamentals and the conversion trinity is part of those fundamentals and we'll t- we'll talk about that but if you're not experimenting, okay, and testing on a regular basis, you're just losing pace with your customers. And um, I give this simple example: companies that are, are doing testing on average. Last year, we were asked by eConsultancy, they're doing somewhere between two and five tests a month. Now, I'm sitting on the advisory board of a company that um, has a, a new platform, about two years old, that's a test targeting personalization platform, and their worst performing client is doing 35 tests a month. So you tell me, mm. okay, at the end of two years, who do you think is going to be a better position to capitalize on their marketplace? You know, I've always said that one of the reasons Amazon has been hugely successful is because they average somewhere around 200 tests a month. Mm. They've always seen the trends. They always know what's going on. They're always experimenting with things well ahead of everyone else, okay, so that they can take advantage of it. Well, how are you going to get into that position if you don't have that culture brought in, if you're not using the tools, if you're not paying attention to the core principles that affect conversion optimization. You mentioned Google+. Plus. Um, do you think that that's going to have an effect on how search and social and everything, conversions, all work? I think it's going to be huge. And I, you know, I've been giving this example for people because I think um, uh, people don't understand the full context of what's happened. First of all, we've gone from 
Facebook, which was a necessary evil, and, 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 uh, and uh, I, I call them the uh, AOL of the of the 2000 decade. Uh, <laughs> and, and no, no, but, but if you think about that parallel, right? You know, uh, I don't know how long you've been online, uh, you know, but I've been connecting to online services since 1983 when I first started my first bulletin board system. Okay, on oh my, my god! On my Atari 800. Even back then, I was optimizing the interface to get people to go places. By the way. Um, <laughs> But people weren't used to getting onto the internet. You know, there was things like CompuServe. There were these closed systems, and they were kind of nerdy and geeky, and very few people interacted with them. Along came AOL, and they offered this CD. They plastered it everywhere, and allowed people to sort of connect to the internet in this closed, comfortable environment um, that actually attracted tons of people to the internet. As Mm -hmm. people got more comfortable they started going into more open systems that they enjoyed more of the freedom of the internet and they didn't need that restriction that AOL provided. Well, Facebook was kind of that same thing for social networking. It provided a easy atmosphere, pretty simple to engage in. Uh, you know, you, your fa- family and friends were on there, you shared pictures, blah, blah. It was, it was all wonderful. And now Google's coming in and saying, look, you know what, now that you've gotten used to that, let me give you an open system where the data doesn't all belong to, Google, to, to Facebook. Um, we can integrate this with more things, have uh, you know much richer experiences, and leverage it across your whole you know buying and and, and life experience. And so I give this example. Imagine you and I are going to uh, SES uh, San Francisco right uh, at the uh, next month. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. And you know we're walking down the street and we're it's around dinner time, and literally you know my Android phone pops up a, me- a message to me that says, "Hey, you know what? It's around dinner time." You're about to cross a restaurant that three of your friends have plus one. Would you like to, to try it, and would you like us to make a reservation for you? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and the fact of the matter is we're all that lazy, especially around the conference time. You know, we're all trying to figure out if it's not a party, you know, where we're going to go eat, where we're going to grab a bite. If it, if it made it that simple for us, and we already don't have to work for reviews, we don't have to look out for them, it's already there, and it's integrated into the whole into our whole life. This is what Google has with Android, with Maps, with applications, with Gmail, with Search. And it really is going to take things to a whole different level and to a level that I think, um, as Eric Schmidt once quoted, uh, 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 you know, a change in technology that you know, people are just not ready for. But it's, uh, you know, Minority Report you know, is, is very, very close. No, you're right, but I i mean, that's a scary, another subject we could get into, but but I do love that illuminating parallel that you just made between AOL and the, you know, safe place moving to an open system that really kind of sheds a lot of light on this issue that we're going through right now, so thank you. Okay, um, so how about uh, we go back to the fundamentals? Um, I'd like to know a little bit more about uh, conversion rate optimization today and uh, what does your idea of the Trinity help people understand as far as um, what they should be doing in their practice? Yeah, so, you know, my brother and I left our agency uh, just about two years ago um, and uh, it gave me some time to really go back and reflect on you know, everything we did and where things are going and what we wanted to do next. And, you know, we've been spending a lot of time, you know, speaking and training and stuff like that. And I realized, you know, when I first wrote our first best-selling book, Call to Action, in 2005, um, I talked about the 1,100 variables that were in there that impacted conversion rates on a website. 
Mm. And to train an analyst in 1,100 variables took us, you know, quite a bit of time. <laughs> I mean, it, it really took a year or more of mentoring to really get them there. Mm. Um, by the time we were able to release Always Be Testing, um, which, which is another bestseller in 2008, um, we were able to break it down to 30 main factors that influenced conversion rate. Okay, 30 factors, that's a lot more manageable. And in fact, uh, through Market Motive, we can teach those 30 factors uh, that people are conscious of them in about three months, and then obviously with practice, they get better and better at them. Okay, so I can get a competent person. I was like, well, what did all of the things that we did over all these years have in common that if I wanted to get across to somebody in 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 45 minutes, or in an hour presentation, what is the core at what it makes conversion optimization, optimization most successful? And I found this concept of the, of the conversion trinity, the true, not only for you know websites, but also for ads. And it, and it centers around three main values, which is um, A, and you know we all hear it all the time, it's all about relevance, right? And it's not about you know, uh, dynamic keyword insertion in, in pay-per-click and, and mirroring their words. I mean, people don't need a parrot. Um, but it's about understanding what people mean when um, they're in search or when they're, you know, engaging with a particular brand somewhere uh, or engaging content and you want to grab their attention with an ad. With an ad. What is going to be relevant to their need when they're there at that moment? And I think, again, that's big where Google Plus is going to really start changing things when it's all over uh, every publisher's website. And yeah, it's going, to, it's going to get ridiculous. Anyway, uh, so relevance, and that's, that's the first thing. If you, can't, if you can't deliver a relevant message, you're certainly not going to uh, engage anybody. The second one is, well, what value are they going to get? How do they distinguish, especially in pay-per-click, your offer from your competitors' offers? Um, and in any other ad, and, or in any page, if, let's say they open up multiple tabs, how do they know your site is the right place for them, that they're going to get the deal that they want, that they're going to feel comfortable enough to buy from you? And the last one is a call to action, right? They need to understand what they need to do next, and they have to have enough confidence in order to, to take that next action. And so what are you doing to build that trust and confidence and make it obvious what action they need to do next. And so that basically is the conversion trinity. And it's interesting because I like the fact that it simplifies it, but it also ties back to what you said originally in as far as it it really makes it clear that it's all about how this affects your users and focusing on them and not competitors or the space, but you know, what's the relevance to your user, what's the value to your user and how are you going to be talking to them? It's 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 always about them. They never care about us. And all these tools uh, uh, that are, are happening and all this revolution with social media is just putting more power into their hands and taking it away from us. And it's making it harder for people to pay attention to marketing because there's so much additional noise. I mean, you know, I, I, I could just sit here and I mean, I, I you know, I have the computer in the background because obviously, you know, we're talking here on Skype and I'm, I'm just watching my, you know, Google Plus stream. I mean, moving at such a pace and mm -hmm. it's relatively new. And, you know, imagine how many messages I'm, I'm getting there. And there really are no commercial brands on there yet. But what's going to happen when that starts, you know, interacting? And, uh, it, it's, it's just mind-blowing. It's like, you know what? When I can start filtering this based on the people who I want to follow and get just the messages I want, the pace slows down. It becomes, you know, more relevant to my needs. Uh, I get more value out of the stream. And that's really what Google has tried to do with, these, with this circle concept. It's, a, it's these same principles over and over and over again, Right. And they're trying to get you to take actions, right? Comment, share, Trinity all over again. Hmm. That's crazy. Well, then, 
I guess we have the answer. It's just what are we going to do with it? It's interesting to see. I mean, I just noticed that they, you know, Ford is out there playing with the first kind of concepts for like a corporate page. What do you think about their uh, attempts so far? Seems like they're really open to feedback. Well, I, you know, I, I actually um, put this out on, on Google Plus, and I said, you know, I think right now uh, most businesses are going to need way beyond this very basic business profile page they have now. It really is nothing more than, you know, a simple uh, individual page uh, with nothing else added to it. And I really would like to see the ability to to have more plugins. And and we know that a a big part of the Google Plus team that that got involved um, are some of the architects behind some of their APIs. And so we know they're going to let developers in on this and and, and let them have applications sitting on top of it. And, you know, being able to do things to your profile, that's going to be, you know, really sexy. And I think ultimately... um, I don't think Google wants to drive everybody to the profile pages. It doesn't necessarily help them out. They know that leading people to a profile page doesn't necessarily bring people conversions, doesn't necessarily mean people are going to click on ads. Mm -hmm. Um, Ultimately, they know that the business is going to be had not on people liking their Facebook fan page, but on having commerce done on people's websites and and on all those other pieces. So I think Google's going to have to figure out how they kind of balance this uh, equation out, and you know what? They've always done this. They've, you know, even if you think about what they've done in their AdWords thing, where they've leveraged the quality score um, to basically, you know, balance out the needs of the searcher, uh, Google in terms of making revenue and showing which advertisers uh, showing, and the needs of the advertiser. Um, they know that this is trio that that they have to satisfy, and uh, I, I think the profile pages right now don't satisfy anybody. <laughs> So uh, it'll be interesting to see how far they take it. It will, and it's been fascinating to talk to you and get your perspective on how this is all, how this social game, how this Google+, Plus, which is obviously changing things and quickly, is going to end up being a major driver of conversions on the web. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Brian. Oh, it is always my pleasure. Happy to be here. Okay, you can co- contact Brian on Twitter where you're at the Grok and check out the blog, brianeisenberg.com, for wonderful insights on everything about our industry. And of course, um, you'll be keynoting the Affiliate Summit East in August as well as speaking at SES San Francisco. So I'm hoping I will catch you there. Thanks again for coming on the show. You're welcome. All right, after the break, we're going to come back around to our earlier conversation about local businesses on the web. This is Virginia signing off. Thanks for joining us on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.